So if you've been following along, um, or if you listen to the podcast, or you were here last week, the, the sermon was that Austin taught on, um, as we're going through Matthew, he taught on uh, when Jesus healed two blind men, and then the, what's, you know, my Bible labels as the triumphal entry into Jerusalem, right? So we're in the last week of Jesus's life. So he has um, come into Jerusalem. He maybe had his disciples steal a donkey. Um, he comes in on the donkey. The people are shouting, Hosanna. It's like asking, we learned last week that, that Hosanna can mean like, rescue us, rescue me, right? So we see this happening. The next thing Jesus does, he goes into the temple. The story a lot of people probably know, right? This is when Jesus flips the tables over. Um, and he, he heals people in the temple that shouldn't even be in there to begin with. It's like blind people and, and people who are not clean enough to be in the temple. So he's in there questioning the temple's existence at all. Like, is it even important? Is it even still necessary? And he's like, right, quite literally, like turning things upside down the temple. And then he leaves the city, which I will never not tell you the times that Jesus leaves to be alone, to be quiet, to rest. So he leaves the city, but then the next morning comes back, and then we have the story of the fig tree. So he sees the fig tree, and he's like, I'm mad that you don't have figs, and curses the fig tree. Um, and it's sort of a, a reiteration of what happened in the temple, right? Like he's questioning, why even be a fig tree if you're not bearing fruit? And so he's doing, I'm going to say, kind of bizarre things, right? These like big things Jesus is doing these couple of days. And people are beginning to say, or the, the temple leaders are beginning to say, like, who do you think you are? <laughs> like, what, why are you doing this? Or, or how do you think you're allowed to do this? So we're going to start, um, we're in Matthew 21. I'm going to pick up after the fig tree in verse 23, if you want to. This is Matthew 21, verse 23. All right, verse 23 says, When he entered the temple, the chief priests and the elders of the people came to him, and he was teaching and said, By what authority are you doing these things? And who gave you this authority? And Jesus said to them, I will also ask you one question. If you tell me the answer, then I will also tell you by what authority I do these things. Did the baptism of John come from heaven, or was it of human origin? And they argued with one another. If we say from heaven, he will say to us, why then did you not believe him? But if we say of human origin, we are afraid of the crowd, for all regard John as a prophet. So they answered Jesus, we do not know. And he said to them, neither then will I tell you by what authority I'm doing these things. And then he goes on to tell a parable. He says in verse 28, what do you think? A man had two sons. He went to the first and said, son, go and work in the vineyard today. He answered, I will not. But later he changed his mind and went. The father went to the second and said the same, and he answered, I go, sir, but he did not go. Which of the two did the will of his father? And they said, the first. Jesus said to them, truly I tell you, the tax collectors and the prostitutes are going into the kingdom of God ahead of you. For John came to you in the way of righteousness, and you did not believe him, but the tax collectors and the prostitutes believed him. And even after you saw it, you did not change your minds and believe him. So it's pretty, uh, a lot of people think that these, this little kind of pocket of conversation really propelled the week forward, right? Really pushed towards the cross, towards crucifixion, like angered the church leaders. And 
I think in our own reading, um, we talked about this actually a few weeks ago, that, that sometimes parables feel really confusing. You're like, what does it mean? What's the, what's the context and all these things to know? But I mean, it kind of gets answered in it. Also, I think it's as easy for us to answer the question Jesus is asking too, right? So the question he asks is, who did the will of the Father? You can answer or not, I don't know. Yeah, so, so Jesus asks, so he has the one brother who's like, no, I'm not going to go. And then I guess later he's like, okay, I'll go. And then the other brother says, I go, sir, but he just stays on the couch and never goes to work. And so then Jesus says, who between these two does the will of the Father? Um, That's okay. Uh, and so then the religious leaders say back the first. So the one that says no, but actually goes, right? That's what, that's, even if he didn't approach it the right way, he did what the father wanted, which was to go into the fields. And so I think what this parable is getting at is the, the disconnect between belief and action, or the disconnect between belief and how we live our lives, right? So it's sort of saying, like, don't be like the fig tree, you know, don't be a fig tree in name only, um, bear fruit. And it's also like the religious leaders, right? They're saying the right things, they're doing the right things, um, but when God came as a prophet, or, or you know, spoke through John the Baptist, when, when God came uh, as Jesus, they wouldn't or couldn't hear truth. And so this is what um, Barbara Brown Taylor says. She says, it's a very peculiar thing this vacuum between what we believe and what we actually do. The theological word for it is sin, or missing the mark, which is both inevitable and forgivable, but never tolerable for those who love God. So it seems clear that our beliefs should bear fruit. And in my you know, thinking through this this past week, I struggled a ton because in my days, like my early days as a Christian, like teenager, early 20s, I felt really um, weighed down by the, like, the pressure of doing, the pressure of action, right? Like there were never enough church camps or, I don't know, try not to make light of things, but there were never enough programs, never enough things I could lead, never, um, it seemed like there was never enough. There's so much to do. There's so much to be done, and it was, it was really exhausting. And so I've spent, uh, I've been, I feel like, really careful in my own teaching here to not bring that same, like, soul-crushing way of meeting Jesus, right? That, like, I don't want to be like, so now go and do and whatever, because that's exhausting, and there isn't life if we're only in this, like, action place. And so um, I think also with that is we've seen Scripture used to control people, right? So we've seen it with children, spare the rod. We've seen it with um, women being silenced. We've seen it propel slavery and racism. We've seen it, uh, you know, be, show hatred towards our queer community, brothers and sisters, and we just see it propel these really terrible things, even, even lighter things, right? We see it being like, I'm right, you're wrong, well, I have 
money for a trip next week, so I guess God loves me. Even if we're not saying it quite that way, we see that like blessed culture that, that scripture really gets used in these harsh ways, and I feel um, nervous sometimes to say like, this is definitely, we have to bear fruit, and this is the fruit you should bear. And so, I don't know, I struggled a ton. <laughs> like, where do we go from here? Like, what's next? I heard in a podcast this week, um, it was kind of a joke, but they said it's really hard to get people to church when you're asking them to come worship a non-punitive God. And so when we take away the fear, then that's hard too, right? Like if I'm not saying God will be mad if you don't bear fruit, I don't know what the answer is in that. Um, Okay. So we come back to Jesus in the temple or with the fig tree um, and his message. And I really believe the message is like, do not be the fig tree only in name, right? That, that we are called to bear fruit. Um, that we're not called to be only Christians in name, but to be like Christ, right? Like that's why we're called that. Um, and that our living is, is combined with our beliefs. Um, but I think what a lot of things I read about this scripture, it kept separating our beliefs from our living a ton. Like as if we could hold the belief that's important to be kind and really believe that it's important and yet not be kind, right? And so I was thinking, I really kind of had hoped for a better story, but this is what you're getting. But I kept thinking of this story from when I was a new mom. And I had a friend who was always like, do you think it's bad that I don't whatever? And it was always things that I was doing. Well, okay, so I'm like, of course not. Like, we all have our own paths. We all have our own ways. Like, you know, we'll use an example. I, I really believe that swaddling helps my baby sleep longer. So, yeah, but I'm not saying this. Where I'm like, no, we're all doing our own things. And I, and I asked my sister, who's, like, further along in parenting, I was like, what do I say to my friend? She's like, well, you can say whatever you want, but she sees what you're doing, so she knows that your belief is that that what you think is good right, that you think that is your belief that you hold. And so, I don't know, I just kept like rolling that around, like my belief about whatever thing, it, it does come out. It is going to be uh, how I live. Um, I don't know, I think it's easy to think that our actions come first, that if we're like kind enough or generous enough, then we'll also kind of follow behind that, and it'll feel easier because we'll really believe that's the right thing to do. Um, I, don't, I don't think that's right, so <laughs> I'm going to read you something from John. I said that more outright than I meant to. Okay, uh, in John chapter 7, Jesus is teaching at the Festival of Booths. I've 100% read these verses to you before because they're important to me. No, he's not teaching, actually. It says, on the last day of the festival, the great day... While Jesus was standing there, so he's just standing somewhere, and, he, and he, cried, he yells at this out at this festival. He says, let anyone who is thirsty come to me, and let the one who believes in me drink. As the scripture has said, out of the believer's heart shall flow rivers of living water. Out of the believer's heart shall flow rivers of living water. And so maybe, maybe it's okay for us to see it as an overflow um, not that we're like proving to ourselves or God or church youth group leaders or whoever, that we're not proving to someone that, our, that we're bearing fruit, but it's this overflow of how our beliefs 
inform the way we live, um, that our beliefs will be naturally coupled with how we live our lives and not separate things. Um, maybe the important thing is to examine, do I believe it if my life doesn't show it? And kind of start there. Our beliefs can be worked out in prayer and conversations with friends, and, um, and we can ask, right? We can ask for God to, to take those steps with us, to make our beliefs, and not just the things that we feel like we should believe, but to make our beliefs really um, part of our lives. I think one more thing that I want to say on that, too, um, is that if, if our beliefs and our actions and our, all these things um, are leaving us so exhausted that we can't leave the city for the night, then that's something that we can take to Jesus, too, right? We can take that in prayer, too, that that's, that's a piece. Um, you can't do everything, right? We all have our own loaves and fishes that we can, we can share. So let me read this to you again one more time. On the last day of the festival, the great day, while Jesus was standing there, he cried out, Let anyone who is thirsty come to me, and let the one who believes in me drink. As the scripture has said, out of the believer's heart shall flow rivers of living water. I'm going to pray, and then we're going to move into a time of communion. Um, the slides take a little while to come on, and Lauren will need that. It's just a little tricky note to Drew. Um, let me pray for us. God, we are thankful for Scripture, um, but we see that our knowledge and understanding is limited so often. Um, help us feel open to wrestling with it and to say, like, I don't know, that doesn't feel right, and to explore that, uh, to explore all the pieces. But most of all, God, my prayer is that we not leave feeling like, oh, I have to get my beliefs right so that I can get my actions right, because that's not what this is about, God. It's about learning to be in step with you, to come and drink, and to, um, for rivers of living water to flow from us, God.